Well, can you picture yourself one day standing before Jesus Christ, giving account of your life, because that's what Romans 14 says that we will all do. All of us who've put our faith in Jesus Christ, one day each of us will stand before our Savior to give an account for the things that we have done here on this earth. And what will we be giving an account for? What is it that we're going to say that we've done with our gifts, our talents, our time, our abilities that God has given us here on this earth? Are we going to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant? So many people think that just by living a good life and doing some good things while we're here on this earth, we're going to hear a well done, good and faithful servant. But God has much more for our lives than just to do good deeds and to do things for other people to help them out. He wants us to be disciples and to make disciples. He wants us to be growing and maturing, to be like Christ. And he is asking us to proclaim Christ, to admonish every man, to teach every man, to bring them along with us so that we can present them to him on that day that we stand before him as mature Christians. And so that's what we're going to see from our passage this morning. First, we're going to get a little background and get some flow into our passage. Then in Colossians 1, 28 and 29, we're going to see some truths that we are to be proclaiming Christ. We're to be admonishing every man and teaching every man so that we can present every man complete in Christ. And we're going to see that we don't have, our, have the ability to do this in our own power, in our own strength, but that God is there with us, that Jesus Christ is there with us, that we have all we need in Christ to empower us to live the Christian life, to make disciples for Jesus Christ. Jesus left his disciples with this command to go and make disciples, to make disciples as we are going, as we are spreading out into this world. And this is Paul's restatement of that. He is saying to the church, what is our purpose? What are we to be doing while we're left here on this earth? What are we to be doing if we want to hear a well done, good and faithful servant? These two passages, Matthew 28, 18 through 20 and Colossians 1, 28 and 29, they match up and we'll talk about that more towards the end. So let's begin looking at Colossians chapter 1, verse 1. It says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ who are at Colossae. And so we see here that the author of this book is Paul and he has he is actually in prison in Rome and he is writing this letter to the church at Colossae and look at how he describes these people. He says saints, they're set apart ones and they're faithful brethren in Christ. At the moment you believe in Jesus Christ, you're placed in Christ, in the body of Christ. And that's who these people were. So these are believers that he is encouraging, that he's giving them truths from God's word. And he's telling them that they have everything they need in Christ. Look on with me to verse 15 as he describes Jesus Christ. It says that he is the image of the invisible God. He is the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, both in the heavens and earth, thrones, dominions, rulers, and authorities. All things were created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. So Jesus Christ is all of these things. He is God. He is creator. He is the head of the body. He is the first to come from the dead, never to rise or never to die again. 
going on down in verses 19 and 20, we see that reconciliation comes through Jesus Christ. For it was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in him and through him to reconcile all things to himself. How is this done? Having made peace through the blood of his cross. It is through the blood of Jesus Christ that he makes the way of salvation, the way of reconciliation available to all people. And JB says it all the time that that's the story of the Bible, how the perfect righteous God brings sinful man back to himself using his son, Jesus Christ. That's why Jesus Christ left the glories of heaven. He became a man. That's why he willingly went to the cross of Calvary and bore in his body your sins, my sins, the sins of the entire world so that he could die for our sins, so that he could be the satisfactory payment, not for our sins only, but for the sins of the entire world. And then he arose from the grave, conquering death, so that we can be reconciled to God by simply believing in Jesus Christ for the promise that he makes for us, which is everlasting life. Going on down in verse 25, we see Paul as he talks about his ministry. And in verse 25, it says, of this church, I was made a minister according to the stewardship of God bestowed on me for your benefit so that I might fully carry out the preaching of the word of God. That was Paul's ministry. It's our ministry as a church body. What are we to be doing? We're to be preaching the word of God. And the word preaching doesn't mean that you get up on a Sunday morning and you preach the word of God as I'm doing now, but that means that we are to proclaim the word of God as we go out into this community. We're going to see that he says we are to proclaim Christ and we are to be teaching believers. And so we are to be proclaiming the word of God. We are to be preaching the word of God just as Paul did in his life, as he saw it as his ministry. That brings us to the verses that we're going to look at this morning. Colossians chapter 1, verses 28 and 29. Look with me again at Colossians chapter 1, verse 28 and 29. It says, we proclaim him admonishing every man and teaching every man with all wisdom so that we may present every man complete in Christ. For this purpose, for this purpose also I labor, striving according to his power which mightily works within me. So this, these verses start with that we are to proclaim him. We are to proclaim who? We are to proclaim Jesus Christ to the world. We are to proclaim Jesus Christ to everyone. If you go to where the gospel's found in the word of God in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 3 and 4, that statement starts out with, for I delivered to you as of first importance. This is the first and most important message that we are to take to the world. Because without this message, how do people what, where are people going to spend all eternity? They're going to spend it separated from God from all eternity. They're going to separate, spend it separated from you for all eternity. So this is the most important message in all the, the Bible, and that's why it's listed first here. First, we proclaim Christ to everyone. 
before we admonish them, before we teach them, we have to proclaim the good news message, the good news about what Jesus Christ did for every person, that he died on the cross to pay for their sins, that he arose from the grave conquering death so that we can have eternal life by simply believing in him, just as John 3.16 says, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And so it's of first importance because it's a matter of life and death, but it's also of first importance because how can you teach people the deeper things of God's word unless they first believed in Christ and they've been indwelt in Christ and Christ lives in them and they have the Holy Spirit to help teach them um, the deeper truths that are found in God's word until they have God in them. They can't understand the deeper things of God. So it's of first importance. And first of all, we are to proclaim Christ, that message of Christ, death and resurrection. And if you are here today and you have never believed in Jesus Christ for eternal life, right where you're sitting, you can believe in him. It's not about getting up, walking down an aisle. It's not about being baptized. It's not about what you have done, what you are doing or what you will do. It's what Jesus Christ has already done for you. He died and rose again so that he could reconcile you back to God so that you could have an eternal relationship with the almighty God forever. But we are to do more than just proclaim Christ to people. He goes on and says, we are to be admonishing every man and teaching every man with all wisdom. So we are to be admonishing every man. That means we are to be correcting them. We are to be training them in the truths that are found in God's word. But how do we just train them? How do we admonish them? We don't admonish them by saying the things that you're doing are right or wrong based on my opinion, but we are to use the word of God with all wisdom. How else are we to do to admonish and to teach them? with all wisdom. So what is wisdom? Wisdom is more than just knowledge. It's more than just information found in the Bible. It is acting out. It's living out God's word. If we're going to teach them to live out wisdom, then we have to be living out the word ourselves. So we are going to be growing and maturing as we are growing and maturing other people in Christ. So we admonishing every man and teaching every man with all wisdom. Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. In Philippians 4, 9, he says, the things which you have learned and received, heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. So we have to teach people. And how did he teach them? Through the things that you heard from me, from the things that you saw in me. So you see me doing ministry and I'm just demonstrating the wisdom found in God's word with all wisdom teaching and admonishing people. So not only do we have to know the word of God, we've got to live it out if we want to to live and to be able to grow and mature other believers and bring them and present them before God on the day that we stand before him. So we're admonishing every man, teaching every man with all wisdom so that, and that's the purpose statement, so that gives purpose. Why are we to be doing this? So that we can present every man complete in Christ. To be complete means to be mature. 
So we want to not just have people that we've led to faith in Christ, but we want to have people that we've led to faith in Christ. We've grown them. We've matured them. We've taught them truths found in God's word. We've shown them how to live it out, and we've brought them alongside of us, and we've taught them how to be disciples as we are disciples. We have taught them how to make disciples as we make them disciples. That's what we are left here on this earth to do. And if we do that, then whenever we stand before him, we'll be able to present to him. When we stand before him, we're going to have to give an account of the things that we did with our time, efforts, talents, abilities here on this earth. And we'll be able to present to him this one person, these two people, these five people, these 15 people that we have invested our lives in. And by doing so, we will hear him say, well done good and faithful servant. So we begin by proclaiming Christ, by admonishing every man and teaching every man with all wisdom from the word of God and living it out so we may present every man complete in Christ. Man, that sounds like a lot of work. It sounds like that, that's something that I'm gonna have to invest my life in and doing. And that's what he goes on to say. He says, for this purpose, this is the purpose that God has left us here on this earth. And so for this purpose, I labor. So it's laborious. This means we're going to have to, the word in the Greek means that we're going to have to work to exhaustion. It's going to take time, effort, ability to get into the word of God. It's going to take time. It's going to take blood, sweat, and tears to get with people and to invest in their lives and to be um, training them and teaching them and living life with them and, and taking their problems and their trials on yourself in order to help grow and mature them. And so it's a, it's a lot of labor. He goes on and says striving. This is the word we get agony from. So this is not something that's simple. This is something for someone who has decided that they want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Someone that's done the Romans 12 one, that they've offered their bodies as a living sacrifice. They understand that, it, that I'm here for more than just having eternal life and getting to be with Jesus for all eternity. I'm here to change lives of those who are in my sphere of influence so that they can be with Jesus Christ and so that they can grow and mature and pass on these truths to their friends, to their family members, to their, those people in their sphere of influence. So we're going to have to labor. We're going to be striving. And the truth is, you may be sitting there and saying, I don't want to do this. This is just too much work. And I just can't do it. I can't, I can't make that much time. And the truth is, you can't. You can't do it in your own power, in your own mind, in, in your own strength. But that's what he goes on to say. He says, striving according to what? According to his power, which mightily works in me. According to his power, which mightily works within me. His power is great. We've already saw who Jesus Christ is, that he is the, 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 the visible image of the invisible God, that he is the creator of all things. He's the one who spoke everything into being. And so he has this power inside of you to, so that you can do this laborious work so that you can strive in agony with these people, growing and maturing them to make them like Christ, so that you can present them on that day before him. 
And so we've got his power inside of us. He, we have everything we need in Christ. Because at the moment we're placed in Christ, the Holy Spirit comes to indwell us. Jesus Christ comes to indwell us. God the Father comes to indwell us. Maybe that's why I'm gaining weight. You know, I've got all these people inside of me. But um, anyway, so that's what we do is, is we've got all of these people inside of us. We've got God, the Holy Spirit. We've got Jesus Christ. We've got um, all of these inside of us empowering us to live the Christian life as he wants us to live it. You know, Acts 1.8 says, but you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you shall be my witnesses. There's our power to witness. I love 2 Timothy 1.7. It says, for God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power, love, and discipline. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. What does Satan want us to do? He wants us to be timid. He wants us not to go and share the message of Jesus Christ to the unbelieving world, those people who are around us. Um, Satan does not want us to grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. Satan doesn't want us to grow those people in our spheres of influence in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. But greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power and love and discipline. The power of the Holy Spirit is inside of us. The power of Jesus Christ is inside of us. And so we can do the work that God has for us to do because he empowers us to do it. He gives us love, love for God and love for others. We need to see people through the eyes that Jesus Christ saw us through. It says, even while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That is a love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. What a sacrifice he made for you and for me so we could have eternal life with him. Will we not make that same sacrifice for those people in our spheres of influence, our family, our friends, our relatives? We must do so. He has given us power, love, and finally self-discipline the ability, the self-control to take time out of our lives, to sit down and to dig and to study God's word, to get in his word, to, to know his word so that we can pass it on to other people. He's given us the ability to live it out in our lives so that we can show other people what it's like to live for Christ. So we have everything we need in Christ. We have all the time, we have all the talent, we have all the ability, we have all the knowledge that we need, and we can find it all in his word. And we need to be dis discipled by someone so that we can turn around and disciple others. And these that we are discipling, we want them to pass it on as well, so that whenever we stand before our Savior, we will hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. So what have we seen this morning? We've seen that we are to proclaim Christ, the good news message of Jesus Christ, his death and resurrection. We're not to leave people there. We are to be admonishing every man and teaching every man. How? With all wisdom, not just the word found in the word of God, but we are to be teaching him with all wisdom. We are to be teaching people as we live out the life of Christ in our life. How are we to do it? It's going to take work. It's going to take labor. It's going to take striving. But we can do it because we have what? We have Christ in us. 
So what are some applications that we can make this morning? Number one is if you are here today, as I said earlier, and you've never put your faith in Jesus Christ for eternal life, if you were to die today and you don't know where you would spend all eternity, let me tell you that God has a promise, that Jesus Christ has a promise, and that is whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And that is a promise that you can take to the bank. That's a promise made by someone who cannot lie. And so by faith alone in Christ alone, you can have eternal life. For those of us who have already put our faith in Jesus Christ, what are we to be doing with our gifts, our time, our talents, our abilities that God has given us? We are to be making disciples. That means we are to be proclaiming Christ to the unbelievers that are in our sphere of influence. We are to be admonishing. We are to be going to people, giving them instruction, correction, training them in all wisdom. So we have to be living out God's word so that we can show others how to live out God's word in their lives. And if we do that, what is the result? That whenever we stand before him, whenever we give an account of our lives before him, we'll hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. We go back to the illustration that I gave at the beginning. What is it gonna be like whenever you stand before Jesus Christ and you give an account of your life? Are you gonna say, well, I played a lot of golf, I had a lot of fun with my friends, we talked about politics and the weather and all of that every time that we got together, and so that's what I did with what you gave me. Or are we gonna stand before him and say, God, I knew the power that you had in me, and so with my time, my talents, my efforts, my abilities, I present to you this man and this man and this woman and this woman. And so God will say, wow, that is incredible. That is amazing. Well done, good and faithful servant. But not only did you get credit for these two, four, eight, 15 people, but look behind you and see what a difference you made in all of those people's lives because you were faithful to teach these people who were faithful to teach other people. It is a line that continues on and on and on beyond the end that you can see. And you know what those people will be saying? Thank you, Brian, for taking the time to make disciples out of this person. Thank you, Adam, for taking time to make disciples out of this person. Thank you, Garrett, for taking time to make disciples out of these people. We want to hear our names and we want to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. And how is that gonna happen? Not just by living a good life, but living a life that is disciple-oriented, that is discipleship-focused that is focused on eternity rather than here on this earth. And so that is my prayer and that is my hope for you. And I hope we make application of the truths that we found from God's word this morning.